I have taken I have taken my bathroom break and I'm ready to roll. You're off the podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Call Ren. Oh. You're listening to the only new budget podcast that can easily kill everyone. You're listening to Low Elo. To Low Elo. Yo. Welcome to Low Elo, episode 30. I'm your host, Jeff Wyckoff, a.k.a. Eat Crayons, and with me this week is Dave, a.k.a. Compi386, who is an expert in all things Jace-related. How you doing, Dave? <laughs> oh my god, we're already 30? <laughs> yeah, we, we are. We can now buy all of our summoner spells. But uh, this week we're also joined, uh, our third seat uh, is, is filled for the first time by Josh, a.k.a. Hacha. Welcome to the show, Hacha. Hey, man, it is a pleasure to be here. All right, nice to have you. So this week, Nunu's snowballing out of control. Some words about wards have to be said, and yet more roster changes are making waves in the professional esports community. But first, let's talk a little about Rumble. So lately, Rumble's been on the rise, increasing to 25% of games played in the upper elo. And the reason why is actually already been covered on this in previous shows. What is that reason, gentlemen? Malphite. Oh my God, it's 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 because Rumble counters Malphite, and I normally don't say something counters something because I don't like to believe in counters, which is why I also avoid playing top lane. But Rumble apparently just destroys Malphite, and as Malphite is, has been increasing, Rumble has been increasing right behind him. It's it's very true. Right now, in those upper elo counts, the, uh, the the state of play has changed. The number one most winning champion is, in fact, Rumble, followed by the new number two is Malphite. Um, now, we've been talking in the past about how just Malphite's received consistent buff after buff after buff for like 14 months now, 16 months now. And as a result, he's finally reached that tipping point where he's just ridiculously powerful it's like they've all stacked up to the point where he just cannot be stopped but it turns out you throw a yordle in you know yordle in a robot in his way and it does a pretty good job yeah and the malphite is just this giant beast up there like the queen alien just destroying top lane and our sigourney weaver rumble this this is working right they, no, the... this is this is perfectly working. <laughs> Later on, when we have to develop another skin, we'll just shave them down and put some bad special effects on it. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we'll make another champion that will tell everybody isn't like the precursor to Rumble, but it'll turn out you know once everyone plays and be like, oh my gosh, it really is like the precursor to Rumble. This is like Rumble when he was a little kid or something. Hey, you're um, talking about that movie, right? Um, Batman. No, that was last week, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so two weeks ago. So you're way behind. But uh, so so what what to to what else do we owe the rise of Rumble? Because we saw this once before, after uh, some t- big tournaments were taking place. I think it was DreamHack last year, not the most recent one. Uh, and the European teams were really you know ra- raising some fuss over Rumble. He was a big ban in Europe at the time when we weren't playing him at all. Uh, what is it about this champion in general that makes him a good play? Because it can't be just that he stops Malphite. Well, I think that one thing that Rumble does very well is you can play like a perfect laning phase with Rumble. He's got the Electro Missile. I don't know what it's called exactly, but he can get last hits with that. He's got the Fire to harass. But the most important thing he's got in the laning phase is his Shield. You can, sh- like, back in the day, I when I used to play top lane, I would play Rumble because you could just shield anytime you would take damage. And no one can trade with that. Um, or very few people can. So, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a kind of sustainability that just bypasses the whole idea of lifesteal, regeneration, any of that. Just don't take the damage in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, since top lane has evolved into this AD Bruiser meta... 
you know, Rumble's a perfect choice right now because you build armor, you get that, you know, plus 40 armor rune page. It's not going to do help you at all against a Rumble. Yeah. Now, Rumble does have some downfalls, though. I mean, when you're playing as Rumble, um, you can't help but have the lane pushed. It's it's just going to happen. Um, and, and that kind of opens him up to a lot of ganks. But, I mean, he is slippery for being, so you know, such a big fat champion. He is pretty slippery. Well, I think the best Rumble players are the ones who use the lane management the best. They're, they're the most responsible. If you play Rumble like you think he's naturally made to play, you're going to use your, be spraying your fire everywhere and running around like a moron. Like, ah, fire, robot, awesome. But, That's what I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you don't want that fire to get onto the minions. That's why I said you use the missile to last hit. You use the fire to harass the enemy champion. But, uh, yeah, this is what separates the good rumbles from the great rumbles. Oh, so the good, you're saying the good rumbles run around like idiots <laughs> and, and the great rumbles shoot missiles. Fire well, I mean, missiles. when you, yeah, when you simplify it down that much, I mean, rumble sounds God. like he's like, how could you not play rumble? <laughs> Why haven't I played rumble lately? Jeez, fire and missiles. Um, but you know, let, let's take a look at the rest of this top five list because there's some other stuff worth mentioning here because the third, fourth and fifth slots are Amumu, Mordekaiser and Tarek. Um, now, Amumu, we've we've seen a lot out of him, and Tarek, we've you know we've known that he's been a really good uh, support, especially for those who like to play a very aggressive support, like to be at the very front corner of that bush on bottom all the time. But Mordekaiser was at least to me a bit of a surprise because we don't see a lot of Mordekaiser in competitive play, um, and, and so I this just caught me off guard. Where'd Mor- Mordekaiser come from? Why why is he winning so many games for suddenly? As numero uno, man, Mord. I think the whole thing of uh, being able to, I, I think starting at level four or five, you can go steal the enemy wraiths, then steal your jungle's wraiths, and you can get up to 100 CS by 14 minutes or 12 minutes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, in competitive play, I think uh, with ward coverage and uh, more intelligent junglers, that that's, gets knocked down very hard. Yeah. You remember a day... Back back in the day when Mordekaiser was a top lane choice and not a mid lane choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was uh, you know you'd go top and it and, and I think that evolved out of the meta like forming alongside it because Mord was a great champion to play when you were going against two people. Remember when juggling was kind of a new thing? You'd get a jungler, then you'd go, okay, I'll play top Mord, and I can go against two people. He when he has a level advantage like that, he can he can win. Yeah, very you're right. Easily. But but that goes away pretty quick, or it's just less important when uh, suddenly you know that he's you know not going to have that level advantage when everything came down to a one v one. Let's face it: if you don't see a jungler, then you're probably going to win that game just because your team stacked up. It's pretty rare these days that anything else otherwise happens. But let's go ahead, let's move on, let's talk about the professional scene just a little bit. So recently, Atlanta replaced Nintendudex on Team Dynamic. Now, I'm sure that Atlanta will be a fine addition to the team, um, but with all of these trades and changes that have been going on, not just with Team Dynamic, but, you know, a few weeks back, we had talked about changes on the uh, Big Three with Curse and... Uh, Dignitas and CLG all changing people around. I wanted to bring up a different point. Quite frankly, anything else related to Atlanta and Nintendo Dex and Team Dynamic, you can go read it on Reddit. You know, that's where you can get that information. I want to bring this little tidbit up. I'm going to read to you guys uh, some rules for the Season 2 Championship. Uh, these were set in stone back in November, and I feel like they're about to become very pertinent. So the first rule that I'm going to read off is a team must become certified in order to be eligible for the Season 2 championships. Now, they do that. uh, They certify after they play in any one of the official events, you know, one of the MLGs, anything that they get challenger circuit points for. Uh, So the second rule I'm going to read is a team charter requires either five charter members or one certified owner. 
five charter members, if that's members of the team that each have equal share and ownership in the responsibility team, uh, or one certified owner, a single owner that has full control and responsibility of the team, including roster decisions. Third rule, a chartered player who has left or been removed from a team, referred to as a free agent, may not return to that team at any point during season two, either as a chartered member or as an alternate player. And the last one I want to read to you is this, and I think this is probably the most significant out of all, is a team or franchise must retain at least three of their original members throughout the entirety of season two. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they can't trade anymore. None of There will be no season two. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think these teams, they really need to be starting to, starting to think about their decisions and make sure that they're happy with their rosters. I mean, of course, they wanted their rosters to be solid going into the season. But uh, there's actually, you know, in the rules, you trade things up too much. You could find yourself without, I mean, without even a scoring opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there was that uh, we all got trolled by Odd One a few weeks ago when they said they replaced Dyrus with T- with TSM Hunter, the the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very yeah. cute, by the way, guys, very cute. <laughs> you have, oh my god, I was so angry, <laughs> but laughing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now my my thought is is that observing much of what goes on with the pro scene and pros trading players out or, you know, kicking players off their teams, leaving individuals, leaving and becoming free agents. A lot of it is kind of dramatic. They don't feel like business decisions. They feel more like, you know, we're not getting along with this guy. So we're going to get a jerk. You're off the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Or someone flipping out and just like, all of you are jerks. So I'm leaving the team. You know, I'm going to go over here where the grass is greener. And I'm wondering if, you know, they're really being effectively managed because too much of that goes on. And like I said, they're not going to have scoring opportunities anymore. Uh, Hacha, you've been kind of quiet through all this. I know you watch the pro scene, you know, just as much as we do. Do you think that there's a danger here or do you think that this is really no big deal? Oh, what do I think about roster changes? Well, you know, in the past, I've seen inherent success, you know, with pro teams changing up their rosters. And though this seems a little bit more, you know, emotionally involved, I think they'll be successful with it. I don't think it'll matter if Nintendo gets kicked off the team. I think Atlanta will bring positive play and will benefit team dynamic just as he was. Well, Jeff, didn't we? We talked about Team Dynamic last week, right? And you were saying that Nintendo was their name. Is this kind of like the lead singer of the band syndrome? See, from from my perspective, it totally is because, um, and, and maybe it's just because he plays Olaf, <laughs> and so I immediately, of course, I identify with the pro players who play the champions that I do. And immediately, if someone plays Olaf, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, he's the most popular one on the team, hands down. <laughs> You know, it's like odd one. He's the jungler. Yep, I identify with you, odd one. You're, he's the leader of TSM. Clearly, clearly. You know, so I mean, I'm probably not the best person to talk to about it. Jungling is the most important thing in the game. <laughs> yes, it is. And so the like to me, the loss of Nintendo. Um, it, it's you know, it's not even so much as a loss. This is like uh, Justin going off on his own to record solo, and we all know how that worked out. Yeah, I mean, I, not. I'm not saying though that you can like play solo League of Legends because you can't. You We're can all try. boy bands. <laughs> you can you can trundle against bots. <laughs> hey, I found a a great deal of success with my trundle bot. Okay, uh, um, you know, I I guess I guess I agree on some levels that uh, with with Yahacha that the teams overall will manage this okay i mean we've seen competent management in the past and you know previously decisions like this they have been positive and they've been made mature this one concerns me just because everyone's talking so much trash i won't get into the details of that but this feels kind of emotional and uh hopefully team dynamic you know they have their stuff figured out at this point they have their roster solid because i'd hate for them to have another emotional outburst and suddenly find themselves out of the running well we talked about when uh fanatic dropped uh Suchet. did they just pull a fanatic do we call yeah. it a, a dynamic now 
<laughs> yeah, dy- dynamic just pulled a fanatic. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a dynamic. <laughs> Suddenly, it's starting to sound a little bit like uh, like medical equipment or something like that. <laughs> well, Dyna- dynamic fanatic. Yeah. Right. Well, either way, the whole point, the reason I brought up those rules is I just wanted to you know let everyone know that there's actually some pretty serious reasons why people have to consider their rosters. Uh, especially at this level of play when there's real money on the line and when you're they're running their teams as businesses. So wait, wait. if we got like another three-way trade, would that disqualify all three of those three teams? Um, no, no, no. It's, it's not, uh, they're not limited to the number of trades they make. It's that they have to have at least three of the original members on the team in order to continue competing. Okay, original as of the beginning uh, of season two. Yes, as of the first uh, uh, as of the first event that they participate in. So, for example, if uh, you know if if some crazy stuff went down, and say Odd One left the team, you know what? Better example. Crazy stuff goes down, and Chow X <laughs> leaves leaves TSM, and X Special, you know, is just like, dude. Support's got to go with his AD carry, and he books it also. <laughs> well, suddenly, TSM wouldn't be able to compete anymore. Yeah, because they already lost, they already Rain replaced Man. Rain Man, yeah. Yeah, and so they would, the only two uh, original members that they'd have at that point would be the odd one and Reggie. And <laughs> that would be an interesting dynamic, but... Uh, the they just wouldn't have the people anymore to compete. So that's kind of what I'm talking about, why these teams need to stick together and why it's so important that they really get their stuff figured out early, um, just before that first big event. Even. Well, it's good that we've confirmed Dyrus is a listener so that, you know, you just gave, given TSM the heads up, you know. Yeah, I mean, if they didn't realize already. Now, that'd be the most <laughs> embarrassing thing right there for... You know, someone to make a whole bunch of roster changes and then show up to the, you know, try to show up to uh, the championship in October and for Riot to just be like, uh, sorry guys, but you're not allowed to play anymore. Yeah. Make room and... for Team Orbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, that's that's kind of the reason why, uh, do you remember from the early on in the season, uh, a picture of a goose? Oh yeah, I think they've had so many roster changes that I don't think they were able to compete anymore. I think that's why that team has you know gone south. So, but enough about roster changes and enough, especially about any drama that might be associated with this cha- team change. Let's go ahead and get into some opinus. I feel like it's been a while since we've really solidly discussed, you know, a good a good opinus section here. So let's get down to business with Nunu. Yeah. I we mean, definitely it, need some opinions. <laughs> I mean, this this it's this yeti, yeah, this yeti has bought some pills because his opinions is huge. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what were they thinking? They've reduced his passive to five hits. They've you know increased the damage on his consume. They made it so he still does damage with his ultimate, even if he gets stunned out of it. I mean, he's a terror now. He's an absolute yeah. terror. Yeah, and uh, Stonewall actually wrote an article on uh, Reign of Gaming for Curse, and like he t- he makes some really good points about how do you remember back in the old jungle days, the long long ago, um, back ah, when jungling scary. was hard and special. Yeah, back when jungling was hard and special. You know when you did it before it became cool. Right. Um, you know how scary Nunu was as a counter jungler. That is kind of weird. That as soon as the easy jungle came out, I started playing a lot of AD. That's that's what happened, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, old school Nunu is one of those old school junglers. So there was like a handful of people that were able to jungle, and Nunu was one of them. Warwick was another. And, uh, you know, I bet you have some nice experience memories about going against a Nunu in the jungle on your Warwick. Yes, there is one rule against Nunu in the jungle, and that is protect your wraiths, yeah. you know, you, you send somebody to guard them at the very beginning so that he can't walk in and consume them and you put a ward down so that he can't come and eat them later on because like before counter jungling was cool, Nunu was counter jungling. 
Yeah, Nunu was because he can he could run up and at level one consume eat that big wraith and just leave the wraith camp useless. And uh, how many we you've picked up Nunu lately after the buff and have been just wrecking face with him. Yeah. And how many teams have been protecting their wraiths? I remember one, one. game. There's yeah. only been one game since I've picked up Nunu after his changes uh, in which the enemy team thought to take a look and control their wraiths. Now, I'm sure as you know, he as he picks up, people are going to figure that out. Just They're going to figure it out just as much as, you know, if you're playing as a Mumu, you're going to get invaded. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah but... the, it's, it's just a rule. And if you're, if you're playing as Nunu, eventually you better start just checking before you run in there because they're probably going to be waiting for you at Wraiths. Yeah, and that was just like a known thing back in the day where, oh, they have a Nunu, everyone protect the Wraiths. Yeah. Uh, and how many people are playing the game now that don't, they don't understand that. So anyway. Well, it's a lot of them just weren't around for that period of time in the League of Legends history. But there's other things about Nunu here besides the fact that he's, you know, the original counter jungler and a very, very strong counter jungler, especially with these changes. But there's other things about him that I kind of want to bring up. And one of them is, is we had a little bit of a snafu in a recent game. Both of you guys were in it where Brand pulled the blue buff for us. This is after I had gone and consumed the Wraith. He pulls the blue buff. I get in there. I just immediately smite and consume the thing. It's got like 10 hit points left. Beautiful. I mean, his jungle is so fast. But then Bran's passive ticks down and steals the kill. And at first... You know, we were, one, we were confused because Brand was well in his lane already and then all of a sudden has blue. Let me tell you, the uh, what was he up against, like a Morgana or a Vigor or something like that? Th- that champion had to be very Akali. surprised. Oh, and Akali. Yeah, that cha- yeah. whoever it was, it doesn't matter. They had to be pretty surprised to suddenly see blue buff pop up on Brand. <laughs> but more importantly is after the surprise of it wore off, I just kept jungling. <laughs> Yeah, like and no, and the only nothing. difference was that I actually used the potion that I purchased instead of just you know <laughs> holding on to it forever and never needing it. It's incredible. You don't need blue buff to jungle on Nunu. Now, does he benefit from it? You bet. Absolutely, he does. The cooldown, the mana regen, it's incredible. But there's something to be explored here in giving your mid you know giving your mid blue buff to see just what he can do with it and then being a terror as a counter jungler i think there might be some real merit to that oh yeah put it on someone like a brand i think is a bad one to do that with just because he's got long cooldowns but put that blue on someone like a karthus or a cassiopeia oh my god yeah level one karthus with yeah, level one Karthus with blue buff is scary. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> and and your goal as the uh, mid, of course, wouldn't be to get kills. I mean, if they if they do that, that's great. If they just run at you and decide to die, but it's to just blow up as many minions and push them so bad that they cannot, or zone them so bad that they cannot farm, and you deny them the opportunity to get an early game item. And so you, it's you just establishing an early lead. I think uh, I think Nunu is uh, has has barely even we've barely even scratched the surface with him. Yeah, and that could be game changing because they lowered the what uh, what is it called visionary to five hits. Combine that with his blood boil, which makes him attack faster. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb. You just get free spell, free spell, free spell. Yeah, and and it does come very quick, guys. I'll tell you, the way that I'm playing him right now is uh, I don't have my runes and masteries in front of me, and and I'd be lying if I told you they're completely well thought out, but I'm running him with attack speed and a little bit of extra armor uh, for his runes, and then I'm running him uh, like nine points into defense and the rest into his support tree. And uh, But the reason I do all of that is I, I had this thought, and it's exactly what happens with him. You don't need to do a lot of damage on Nunu to get his early jungle out of the way and to clear it really fast. All you need is smite and one point and consume. Yeah, and we've even seen on the uh, in the community 5v5s, we had a couple of Nunu players that... Uh, uh, they don't go the traditional, what is now traditional, the jungle supporty thing where you get the, 
you know, you might start Boots Pots and then get the Philo Stone. They're they're building Rod of Ages and like they're doing damage and they're getting kills and no one seems to mind that Nunu is getting the kills because you're that means you're dominating the game. Yeah, and and it's new enough. I mean, this version of Nunu is new enough that uh, we can do whatever we want and and explore. There is no optimal build yet. Um, I mean, if such a thing exists for anybody, but uh, I I think that this I'm really excited about it because it it introduces another very viable, if not dominant, uh, champion into the jungle. Um, I mean, Nunu needed a rework bad, uh, so we thought. Turns out, tweaking a couple of numbers just makes all the difference. And now his his ultimate is guaranteed to at least do some damage, right? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Just because if you get stunned or knocked up or silenced or whatever, you do damage proportionate to your channel time, which that that was a cha- that was a change that had to happen so bad. That was probably the biggest reason why he wasn't doing very well, why he wasn't very popular. Because in order to get anything off, you had to be in a bush where they couldn't hit you. Um, and now you can actually be in the middle of a team fight ulting, and even if you get stunned out of it, everyone's still gonna have an effect on them, and uh, the lingering slow will still go off. It's it's turned into a really strong ability. I mean, all around, the improvements have just made Nunu playable, and I think that's all he needed. Yeah, it's like adding another champion. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it really is, and I'm. Honestly, with the changes they made here, I'm getting even more excited for the uh, Eve and Twitch stuff that's coming up pretty soon here. Uh, and, you know, the, by the way, if you guys haven't listened at this point, the Summoner Spotlights, or not the Summoner Spotlights, the Champion Spotlights are out for both of those champions to see how they work now that they've been reworked. But uh, I'm I'm getting more excited for those because... Even though I'm familiar with the champions, they are significantly changed enough that I feel like the same thing's going to happen to them that's happened in Nunu, which is it's going to be a lot of fun figuring out how these champions should be played again. Yeah, and the the one thing that uh, has always been the, the thing that I don't like about League of Legends is that now that we've got 100 champions, it's like we keep seeing the same people in high-level play. Like, there's always a Graves. Graves is number one right now, S numero uno. And what we want, though, is a situation where that anyone can pick any champion and it be that V word that I hate, viable, all the way up to the top tiers of gameplay. You know, that you can pick someone and if you're good enough with that person, you are, you can dominate at any level of play. And that doesn't really exist now, but with these remakes, I mean, we're getting closer to that. Well, yeah, and and I know that that's the goal on Riot's side. The thing is, is that it's such a delicate balancing act because you're not just talking about the individual power level of a champion, but you're talking about how well they work with other champions on their teams, and it just so happens that there are a handful of champions out there that happen to work real well with another handful of champions. So you ban around them, get rid of some of the synergies, but at the, in the end of the day, you still end up with, you know, uh, Karthus and Kale on the same team, and there's nothing you could do about it. Because if you banned Karthus, then you're just going to end up with, you know, Kale and someone else that's equally ridiculous. It, the, the point is, though, is that there's just those certain synergies that work well together. A point that Rin likes to make a lot about Heimerdinger is that he's not bad, but, I mean, he is. Don't get me wrong. He is bad. Um, but she likes to say that he's not bad. The issue with Heimer is that he has no place in the current meta, you know, that the team has to work around him. Well, that's why he doesn't get any play. It's because he isn't synergistic. He doesn't have any synergy with the rest of the team or a whole lot of other champions out there. Um, he doesn't have that level of play like uh, a Cassiopeia or a Morgana who just kind of, you know, falls in line with all the other champions and will always be useful. Yeah. But hopefully we'll just get a rework on him too. You know. <laughs> Speculation Which is pending. Rumors, rumors happening right now. Yep, the mill is churning. Be excited about it. I mean, it still looks like people have to run at him in order to for him to get any kills or anything. But we'll we'll see how that turns out. Um, any any last words on Nunu before we move on to wards, gentlemen? 
All right. So, wards. We've talked about it before. We've talked about it being the responsibility of the entire team, uh, normally thought of as the responsibility of the support or uh, in a le- to a lesser degree, maybe the jungler at times. But really, wards are a pretty complex animal. And there's some rules that you should be remembering, but there's also some strategies as far as putting them down. So let me turn it over to you, Compi, because I know you've got some things to say here. Yeah, and uh, because I've kind of specialized myself into bot lane, I've gotten the opportunity to uh, really explore wards in general. And I I don't want this to turn into a, this is how you play support, but this is how you play support. (laughs) You buy a fairy charm, three wards, and some pots, be it health or mana, it doesn't matter. Um, And you've got to ward, all right? There's some some uh, very specific places you need to ward. Um, some places are better than others. But the first off, the, the rule of thumb is that you need to buy them all the time. You need to be buying them. Um, you get those gold per five items. But uh, what's important is that uh, you make sure there's a ward all the time. And, and I, what I want people to do is, in your, in your games, I want you to look at every time you die and say, could a ward have seen this coming? And I guarantee you that 85 to 90% of the time, the answer will be yes. Uh, we talked about last week how you shouldn't lose to a one-on-one in a one-on-one situation. No one should lose in a one-on-one situation. Um, and the reason that people do get killed is because they don't have all the information. Well, what gives you the information are these wards. Um, and that's something that in, in, when we play on our Smurf accounts ever so often, we really don't, nobody wards. And it's, it's really kind of funny because yeah. they're so extremely valuable. And, and the other side of that, though, is that people get really caught off guard just because of those bad habits that are built into them. So playing with wards is something that if you're not doing, you need to pick it up now before it becomes a negative point of gameplay for you before it becomes something where you're not expecting to be seen and you don't know how the other team should behave with when wards are around and suddenly your angles on ganks could be wrong. Uh, they may be counter ganking you on when, when you're coming into lanes, things like that. So now is the time and, you know, start capitalizing it. You'll have a blast if your opponents aren't warding, but at least you'll start getting prepared for when they do. Yeah, so wards, they come in two varieties, green and pink. The green is 75 gold. The pink I is like 100, the pink ones. Yeah, the pink ones are 125 gold. But, uh, and what happens a lot is what I like to call the pink ward arms race uh, at bottom lane, is where usually the first time you go back as support, you'll pick up a pink and say, haha, I'm going to pink the river and then take out their ward. Well, then, but Compi, when I go back, I'm going to pink your pink. Yeah, exactly. So then their support will go back and get a pink word and pink the pink. Exactly. And kill my pink word. So it's it's kind of like, you know, Cold War, Russia versus America building nukes. Um, it's kind of a mini game that supports play with each other. But in any situation, every time there's a gank, a ward could have prevented it. If you've ever been lane ganked, if you know what that is, that's when the enemy jungler, the, the bottom lane or whatever lane, will push up to your tower. Then they'll, the jungler will come in through the lane bushes and sit in there and hide. Um, and then you're, you're caught off guard when all of a sudden there's three people there and you, you die, possibly two people die. That could have been prevented by a ward. Um, now, this is a mini game with the support because if you want to make ensure that your team's ganks are successful, you need to clear the enemy wards, which is why buying pink wards is so important. And this is why you see in top level play, everyone's buying pink wards all the time. And it's oracles. Also, yeah. It's, I was going to say, it's also the reason why you see somebody who gains a lot of money quick, who still has room for green wards, We'll just up and buy an oracles and you know try to get some value out of it yeah and the best people to do that are the jungler and the support the reason the jungler is is so good to buy an oracles on is because you're the one ganking number one number two you're moving around all over the map so there's a greater chance that you're going to run into enemy wards yeah, um, and, and even if you do get spotted by a ward at least then you'll be able to take it out 
and then walk away and then just come back later. Yeah. How many times have you died or have you lost a team fight because your team was doing dragon and the other team showed up and killed all of you and then took the dragon? Oh, twice. <laughs> I bet it's more I, I than twice. <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> yeah. That can be solved with a pink ward. Pro pro teams don't do things that they aren't they aren't sure that they are going to be successful. If the other team is alive, then they pink ward the dragon to deny vision. Uh, the only other time they dragon is if, you know, people are dead on the other team. Yeah. People are dead or significantly out of position. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, wards. And this is a problem that you have, Hacha. One thing you got to, to watch out for is to, not, is to buy a bunch of wards and then have them sitting in your inventory all game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The amount of times that I've just sat there for not five, ten minutes in lane with you and just not put them down. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, and a lot of it comes from the pressure from you know the other the other support throwing down their pink wards, destroying my own. Um, and you know you said the junglers should get in oracles, and they come through. And being a support player, I know that puts tons of pressure on me to spend that extra gold to get those pink wards and knock out you know the enemy supports wards. But then I always have to worry about the jungler coming in, and it just it feels like a waste of money sometimes, but it's not. Yeah. Another thing that's not, not a waste of money is if your ward gets taken out by an oracles or a pink, go reward. <laughs> I mean, that how many? It's called ward bait. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Where if you set a mm -hmm. pink ward, the enemy Soraka will like trot up to the. Oh, I'm gonna kill it because I can see it, and then everyone and then it's kills the it. Easiest three v one ever. Yeah, beep boop, and just pull them through the wall if you're playing as Blitzcrank. It's the greatest feeling. Yeah, like it, up it, right through Tribrush. The other thing, though, is that there's another type of bait ward, and that this is uh, something I've picked up jungling once again. Uh, and this takes a little bit of practice, but you look at when wards go down because usually your team they're gonna let you know if you've been working well with them. They're gonna let you know, hey, Soraka just warded here, you know, and they'll ping on the map. And so you look at it. You start the timer, you know, you just start the timer and then you're like, all right, their ward just ran out. I'm going to go down and I'm going to sit in that bush, you know, right at river, you know, because you know, you can't be seen. Their ward just ran out and you just sit there and wait for, you know, five seconds, not long. And you can tell when they're going to do it. And then you watch as that Soraka starts walking straight up to give you a kiss in the face and let put down her second ward. And then you just jump on her. And like I said, easiest 3v1 in the world. Yeah. No, If imagine if you had a map hack. Now, in Warcraft 3, this was a big problem. Everybody had map hacked, and they could see what you were building and, and kill you. And they were all from Russia. But, <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if you could see the entire map at all times, and you could see what your enemy could see. I mean, how would you ever lose... That's what wards offer you. The, the, the drawback is that they cost money, which is why if you're going to play support, that's why you need the gold per five uh, items. You need the gold per ten quints and yellows so that you can buy wards and uh, give your team that huge advantage. Yeah, it's also why uh, for junglers and even some AD carries, a Riggle's Lantern is a very popular choice because you can actually take some of the pressure off of your support in the bottom lane if you happen to be playing Caitlyn, uh, you know, or any other chap champion who works well with a Riggles. You can take some of that weight off of their shoulders by warding for them sometimes, you know, and eating up a little bit of that cost with an item that's otherwise fantastic for you. And then, you know, on the jungle side, I mean, you're going to be everywhere. Why not have a ward with you just in case? Riggles yeah. is a really great item. And we've seen some games, even on the stream, where... Uh, like the enemy jungler will build like three items, like three decent items, and then devote two inventory slots to wards and ward every single bush in the enemy jungle. And then we wonder why that team wins. It's because your team, it, oh, too many people in League of Legends assume their teammates are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, especially outside of this community, you assume people, oh, that person died, what a noob, oh my god. Well, that person didn't have the information because there wasn't a ward. 
people don't walk into a bush that has five enemy teammate or enemy players in it unless you know knowingly like you don't do that on purpose i mean not all the time <laughs> well if you're jeff and you're playing nunu and you're wrecking face you do but right right because that's an opportunity <laughs> but uh, well but you know to not belabor the point here just uh, I think the last big piece of info we need to give people is remember about your ward placement. Think of line of sight. Uh, every ward has basically a very simple line of sight with the geometry on the map. It can only see in any direction that it isn't obstructed. So when you're laying down your wards, just make sure that they're going to see into the places that you want them to based on what, you know, where you're laying it down. And you can do that just by drawing a line on the screen from where you want to put it down to what you want to see. And if there's geometry or bushes or a corner of something in the way, you're not going to be able to see in there. If it isn't, you're probably good. So well, one more thing is mind. I want to tell you a story about a guy I know who, let you, who likes to play Vlad. And he likes to play VAD so much. And his first item he wants to buy is a Hextech revolver. And he knows that he started Boots Pots, right? Just like everyone. He knows that a Hextech revolver costs 1,200 gold. So he goes and he lanes and he farms and he gets 1,200 gold. He's like, sweet. I have 1,200 gold. I'm going to go back and buy my Hextech revolver. And we're going to win the game. Then he goes back, buys it, comes back to lane and gets ganked three times and they lose. Well, what could have prevented that? Well, one is if he had gotten 150 extra gold for two wards and warded the sides of mid. I mean, how many players don't think that warding is the support's job? We've done a lot of talking about support, but if you're the AD carry, buy some wards. Get a little extra money. It's like two minion kills. Buy two wards. Yeah, that. I mean, if you've been left alone for a long time, you probably have it coming. You might want to invest in your future a little bit there. Um, but, but the best piece of advice that I ever heard come out of a pro player's mouth, and I can't even remember who it was, but the best piece of advice was, if you ever go back to the fountain and purchase, and after your the purchase of the item you need, you have enough for one ward or more, if you don't buy that ward, you are throwing the game. I mean, yep. and that doesn't matter what lane you're in. Spend your extra gold on wards. You're not going to miss the 75 gold, all right? And so if you have that extra, do it. If you can plan for it, even better. But as with all things, the whole problem of warding and the economics of it all, it can be solved with the judicious application of Teemo. So moving on. Moving on, let's go ahead and uh, talk about our game that we've had running for this last week. We've had uh, a call out, an open call to people to send us the biggest support numbers that they've encountered in the last week. We wanted to see team fights that have been absolutely crazy. And just tonight, I know we've had a few, but I think there was one that one of our listeners sent us that's really eclipsed anything i think i've ever experienced yeah uh our listener spin sam shout out to you spin sam was uh this was on summoner's rift it was a ranked game and the game was one hour and 14 minutes long oh my god <laughs> and his team to get combined had 135 assists <laughs> <laughs> ramus hit now spin sam was warwick he had 28 assists which i'm assists. sorry who Spin Sam. No, who was, was who was he playing? Warwick. Warwick was who he was playing. I'm not familiar with this champion. <laughs> oh, he's a wolf. Uh, he likes jungle. Uh, oh, you're you're talking about Warwick. Yeah, but apparently this time Warwick went went top, uh, and he got 28 assists. So Ramis, Warwick went though, top. Had 35 assists. <laughs> But anyway, they, they won the game. It was a really long game, and uh, that's an amazing number of assists. Yeah, no, and that, I'm, I'm uh, really impressed with the numbers, but I'll tell you right now, as soon as a game goes beyond, like, 40 minutes, my ADD starts kicking in. 
<laughs> yeah. And I start well, looking. I start like trying to cook or like get popsicles from the fridge, you know, write a book, something. That's a long game. Another thing to note is that they won, but they were down eleven kills, which, you know, it's a little bonus. So it's kind oh, of like yeah. a comeback too. Yeah. Well, kudos to you, Spin Sam, and uh, you know, good choice and champions there with Mister Warwick. This week. We actually got a suggestion from uh, one of our listeners to base something off of the Olympics, and we're going to do that. And we're going to go back to some old-school games as well. So this week, we want to propose to you all the champions from the League of Legends are going to the Olympics, hosted in London. Which one of them ends up on the Wheaties box, and why? At Team at lowelo.com. That's T-E-A-M at lowelo.com, and we'd love to hear from you. So let's get to some shout-outs from the iTunes store. Mr. Hotcha, first time on stream. It's uh, kind of your responsibility. What do you got for us? Uh, I have uh, quite a handful of shout-outs here. Uh, we have a five-star review from Atrium X. Uh, Another five-star review from B.W. Jasperson. A five-star review from Flinks the Jinx. Uh, a five-star review from uh, Decker Kane. Uh, Does he say stay a while and listen? Stay a while and listen. <laughs> That'd be a great comment. Like if I was, yeah, if actually, I had that Decker Kane, I would leave that for every review of a podcast too. It's like that's perfect. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He actually says, hello, summoners. I don't have much time, but stay a while and listen. Oh, yes! <laughs> the legendary info they drop might randomly save you. The only thing better than a horridrum rap is low elo podcast. Who lets the monk out? It's horadrum. <laughs> horadrum. Yeah. Anyway. Pronunciation. Diablo 3 sucks. Yeah. <sighs> it's such a shame, too. Kane dies. Oh, spoilers. Oh, man. Diablo's a chick. And Woo, spoilers! <laughs> we have another five-star review from Ford Hammer. And we have a five-star review from your photo G friend who says, not only do you guys sound great, you bring up new episodes when I need them. As a beginner level 18, I enjoy hearing advice and opinions on new patches, items, and champions from those who know the game well. Still, you manage to be hilarious. Please don't stop. P.S. Spider-Man would totally win the lane as long as he didn't feed Batman. Nothing's worse than a fed Batman. I agree with that. Fed Batman, I mean, you really can't come back from it. And uh, Alex Cable gives us another five-star review. Uh, BTAC gives us a five-star. And then Eric Sexton, our last shout-out today, says, Can't see the Pulse Fire Jacks coming? He gives us a five-star review and says, For all the chest hair this show has. Oh yeah, quite a bit of chest hair. Yeah, yeah the chest hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, mean, I can't I'd, see. I'd uh, <laughs> say thank you to uh, everybody who gave us five stars there, but I'm just having a hard time, you know, seeing my screen through all my muscles. <laughs> <laughs> muscle hair. <laughs> right, all my muscle hair. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Uh, we appreciate We appreciate every single one of those reviews. And as usual, if you haven't given us a uh, review already and you're on the iTunes store, whether you've got uh, an Apple device or not, head on over there, shoot us a review, tell us what you think of the show. We love your feedback. We do appreciate it quite a bit. It also helps to get the show out there and in front of more eyes so that we can spread the class to the entire community. Now, there's also some other ways that you can get a hold of us. Uh, oh, no, I'm I'm skipping over a whole section here. We've got email. Email. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what 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 fell into our Dropbox this week, Copy? Okay. Well, I got an email from uh, from Noob C or Noob Sai. He says I have a question about Malzahar. I've been playing him for a while. Uh, I even played him in a stream game. Yeah. Why don't I, I... I do agree that on his default uh, character picture, it does look like you know like a little blue, you know. Um, That's not the question. I just, oh, go the question. ahead. Go Stop ahead, thinking about Ophinus. Sorry, um, go ahead. <laughs> I've been playing for him for a while in normals and in ranked. 
and on the the low elo stream holla uh his lane presence so strong he has aoe silence and aoe percent of health damage pool and one if not the best single target ult in the game and yet i see him nowhere he's wondering where have all the malzahars gone where have all the malz anyway uh, I think they've been headbutted away from an Alistar late game. <laughs> yep, yeah, but that's a good question. Why don't we see Al- uh, Malzahar, guys? Um, and that's tough to answer because Malzahar is really good. He is. I think, I think that the problem with Malzahar, the reason you don't see him as much as maybe his the, the quality of the champion might demand is that he's not as good um, you know, in f- terms of raw power as some of the other really popular AD carries that are, you know, constantly banned, the Morganas, um, the, you know, we've had the recent re- rise of LeBlanc here, but uh, even, you know, you've got other people in there, Vlads and Galios and stuff, you know, not, not quite uh, on the same power level as those guys. And I don't think he's unique enough that people will play him because he has some kind of crazy fun mechanic, which is why anyone ever plays like Heimerdinger or, you know, Victor or something like that. So I think he's kind of a victim of his skill set, but he is really good. Yeah, I, I think also he tends to fade off in the late game team fight scenario because, uh, you know, nobody stands on a pool of stuff that's going to hurt them. Well, yeah, and let's face it, you know, I mean, it's it's great in the laning phase when he gives a, uh, you know, he goes ahead and gives aids to one of the minions in the lane, and it just goes and wipes everything out, gets up a whole bunch of golden mana, but it's not nearly as good in a team fight situation. Well, think about it, too. Like, his whole thing is when he pulls off a combo, the silence pool uh, aids and then his ultimate... <laughs> Um, I mean, that's a dead person. Yeah, it but is. in a team fight situation, the other teammates aren't going to sit there and watch. Mal- oh, like Malzahar is killing our AD carry. Let's let's watch. Yeah. You know? It's like if if he gets a full combo off on somebody, it just means that he trades. You know, it means that that person dies, and so does he. Um, and you're not looking to make tr- straight up trades in team fights. You're trying to get advantages. Um, I, I, and so I think that that's the, uh, probably the other core issue is that he's really strong through the mid game. And then as soon as people start leaving their lanes, his usefulness drops off quite a bit, but good email. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got another one here from Jeebus 26. Uh, he says, uh, he thanks gave us for a five star review. Yeah. he said, thanks for, uh, uh, creating this great community community. I played my first game with the meta with level 30s from the chat room. I'm level 19 playing support Janna. I didn't have an amazing game, but I learned a whole lot from those four. When I died or did something stupid, they didn't rage or call me a noob. Hats off to them for being team players and staying classy. And the reason I want to read these kinds of emails is because that's exactly the kind of community we wanted to make. So I don't know, he didn't list names of who was on his team, but it's just good to see that people of the community are staying classy. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, you know, this is you guys are kind of self-moderating out there, and we want you to join our games. We want you to get on the stream and play with us and everything and start forming up teams of your own. But we also want you guys to kind of hold some standards for each other. And what you experience right there, Jeebus, is really what you should seek to be the norm and what yeah. everybody should seek to be the norm. That, yeah, that should know, be normal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the way we should all be treating each other. So great story, great feedback, and, uh, you know, keep it up. Just pa- pay it forward. Yeah. Okay. I got one more email here, and this is from uh, Ryan. And <clears throat> is, that his, is that his summoner name? No, it's not his summoner name. He didn't give his summoner name. That'd be a pretty good summoner name. Like, you know, just Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> That would be awesome. But anyway, I'm going to read this in a voice. So, like, my friend Roxers Boxers recommended me to you guys saying that the advice you guys gave him for his guy made him, like, a pro. Uh And was wondering if you also helped me out. Okay. I started playing, and I'm trying to get good with Ari. Uh I'm currently level 15, so yeah. XD, any advice would be appreciated. Okay, okay. So, like, I'm sorry. What are we talking about? (laughs) I was too fixated on the voice to actually hear... 
Who, who do you want uh, advice on? Ari. And Ryan, my advice on Ari is this. Watch your minions' health bars. When one of them's about to die, the enemy AP carry will come in and try to kill it. That's when you throw your Q to where they're going to be, and it will hit every time. Number two, auto-attack them. So many AP carries forget that they have an auto-attack. Auto-attack them. When they start running, charm. You'll get a charm every time. So there yeah. you go. Pro tips. There you go. That's a really good place to, uh, to start with. Because Ari is tough. You've uh, taken it upon yourself to master what is, in my opinion, one of the tougher a AP carries out there. Just because anyone who's as mobile as Ari has a chance to backfire and you can get yourself into so much trouble. So, But follow those two tips and you'll win your laning phase every time. Then if you feed in team fights and die and lose the game, you can't blame me. <laughs> right. In fact, you, <laughs> but you can't I just really blame us for anything. It's Ryan, like, you know, I love the language limited. you like totally. You're my hero. <laughs> That's why I read it in the voice for you. That was for you, Ryan. Hearts. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Hey guys, uh, send your send us your summoner names next time so we can give you proper credit and you know that that way uh, if you're hanging out in the low elo chat, everyone can kind of point and say, oh yeah, that's that guy who got on the show. Uh, you know, just your 10 minutes of fame, right? Anyways, now on, we've done our emails, we've got our shout-outs. Here's how you can contribute to the show. The first and probably the most popular at this point is email. You can send us email at team at lowelo.com. That's going to go out to all of us. It'll go out to, to me, to Dave. It'll go out to Christian and to Rin. And uh, if we if we set him up with one, it'll even go out to Mr. Hacha here. The other way is Twitter. This is probably the best way to get a hold of us in real time. If you want to, uh, you know, run something past us real quick, put a piece of news in front of us, send us links, anything like that, Twitter is the way to go. I am EatGamer, Dave is Lowelo Dave, and Mr. Hacha is Mr. Hacha. you got to spell that whole thing out, though. None of this MR Hacha stuff. It's not going to cut it. The other way is uh, hit us up on the website. Now, the, our website has been growing a lot lately. You might see some uh, new stuff there, but it's www.lowelo.com. You'll find every episode of the podcast there, all of our music, our blog posts, which have been expanding a great deal recently, and it's also the place where you can find our live stream. Ooh, 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 me. Go. Me. You. I, I picked I copy. have a question for Hacha. Hacha, how did you stream for 10 hours straight? Not just stream. He shoutcasted for 10 hours straight on Saturday. And actually did a pretty good job. <laughs> and by the end, he wasn't like... <laughs> Which yeah, is and what it's I like when, when you and I, when we stream or when we shoutcast like two games, game three, we're like... Yep. We're talking about Death Bush and Baron Bush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those videos are available if you can find them. <laughs> yeah. Death Bush and Baron Bush. But yeah, how do you do that, dude? You have like the stamina of a bull. What can I say, man? I'm a machine. like a bull. Yeah. You know, lean, mean casting machine. Yeah. yeah well,. Like we said, uh, Mr. Hacha here, he is one of our casters. You can see him on the stream. We usually go Wednesdays and Saturdays and adding more time all the time. We usually do it as a format, Community 5v5. If you want in on those games, the best bet you've got is our in-game chat room. Now, it's all one word, Lowelo, L-O-W-E-L-O. Get in there, meet up with some people, form some teams, and then when these stream days come around, if you want in on the next game, you better start shouting there because that's where the team captains will be picking people up to uh, join in on the fun and uh, make you famous. Make you and, famous. And uh, I want to add there that I've been getting a lot of emails from people who are interested in streaming themselves. And uh, what we want to see, though, guys, is an example. We want to see you in action. So uh, if you want to stream, hit us up on the email. Uh, send me a little, uh, send me a link or a video of you streaming, and uh, we'll work from there. Yeah, absolutely. Get yourself set up with an owned account because that's what we'll plug you in on, anyways. And uh, give us some examples. See what we can see. 
There's also other ways that you can contribute. If you're interested in writing for the show, uh, we're always looking for talented artists that want to have their inf- their uh, work seen. We are looking for both of those. Just go ahead and email us, team at lowelo.com. We've also got a big art contest going on. You can check that out. Just hit the art contest link on the website. We're looking for album art. And we have uh, promised to give out some prizes as well as an opportunity to have your artwork seen by tens of thousands of listeners of the podcast for several weeks straight. So if you're looking for some exposure, it's a great way to do it. There's full details at lowelo.com. Just click the link for the art contest. Everything you need to know is right there. Last but not least... Make sure that you check us out on iTunes. It's probably the easiest way to subscribe, especially if you've got an iPhone or an iPad or an i-anything. But if you don't and you're just looking for the raw RSS feed to subscribe for your Android device or anything else out there, you can get that on the front page at lowelo.com. Don't worry, we didn't forget about you. So we're listed everywhere. This has been Episode 30. I'm Jeff Wyckoff, a.k.a. Eat Crayons. With me has been Dave, a.k.a. Copy386. Oh, I wish I had that email up. I didn't think about that. Uh, can you nanu remember nanu. the What? Nanu Nanu. What am I, Mork from Ort? Yes. All right. I don't know. The, dude, <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but someone's going to have to do it. Bye, everyone. <laughs> and and Josh, aka Mr. Hacha. Oh man, I'm gonna need one of them emails too. Uh, <laughs> beep boop. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Moo. Moo. All right. <laughs> All right, summoners. <laughs> On that bombshell, we leave you. And don't forget, stay classy, summoners.
I'm just going to go sacrifice myself to that Tickle Me Elmo in my room. Can't you hear the whistle blowing? <laughs> <laughs> 